It's the Sound Kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's the Sound Kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, you're listening to the Sound Kitchen. Mm, yummy. And Susan Owens is cooking. Bienvenue and welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday, the 9th of September, the 252nd day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 113 days left in 2023. What are you going to do with those 113 days? Well, you could follow the example of Anne of Bretagne and be a force for rapprochement or coming together. On this day in 1488, Anne became the sovereign duchess of Brittany. Brittany, or Bretagne, is a region in modern northwest France, which was an independent kingdom until it was united with the Kingdom of France in 1532. Anne led the struggle for Brittany's influence within the French state. Her legacy? There are no toll roads in Brittany to this day. Legend has it that she abdicated Brittany to the French upon the condition that no toll shall ever be levied on either road or bridge. Doesn't sound like much, but in those days, tolls for using bridges and roads could be extortionary, so it was a way of protecting the Breton. Bretons, as they are called, are not as crazy proud as the Corsicans, but it's still there. A Brittany born and bred man told my father-in-law, who lives there, just last week, that it was great that the French had left town. Not the Parisians. Everyone hates the Parisians. The French. How we, the French, laughed. What else in French history happened on this day? In 1561, a conference in Poissy, France opened. It was an effort to reconcile French Catholics and French Protestants. It didn't work. Eleven years later, in 1572, was the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre in which the Huguenots, as the Protestants were called, were, well, massacred. Modern estimates for the number of dead across France vary widely from 5,000 to 30,000. Scholars have called it the worst of the century's religious massacres. And on this day in 1585, Armand Jean du Plessis de Richelieu, a French Roman Catholic cardinal and politician, but of course, so why let religion get in the way of political power? Little Armand Jean saw the light of day. Richelieu became the chief minister to King Louis Thirteenth, an office he held from 1622 until his death in 1624. As chief minister, Cardinal Richelieu consolidated royal power and restrained the power of the nobility. France became a strong centralized state, a policy Louis XIII's successor, Louis XIV, continued. Louis XIV created an absolute monarchy and successfully suppressed the once mighty aristocracy. So you see how Richelieu's policies were the prelude to Louis XIV becoming the most powerful monarch and France the most powerful nation in all of Europe during the late 17th century. 
Richelieu founded the Académie Française, the preeminent French literary society, alive and well to this day. It remains the official authority on the French language, and I find it, frankly, fairly ridiculous. They are the ones who, I'm not making this up, not too long ago, they threatened to sue the French government for including, oh my God, English on French identity cards. Haven't heard anything about that since, but we were the laughingstock of Europe. But I do thank Signor Richelieu for inventing the table knife. Here's that story. Annoyed by the bad manners that were commonly displayed at the dining table by users of sharp knives, who would often use them to pick their teeth, a lovely sight at a meal. In 1637, Richelieu ordered that all of the knives on his dining table have their blades dulled and their tips rounded. The design quickly became popular throughout France and later spread to other countries. Voila! We're in the sound kitchen cooking I don't know what. My name is Bill Hunt, W.M. Hunt. Susan's cooking something special today. I've got Baby Brother, also known as Paul Myers, right here next to me. Say hello, Baby Brother. Hello, Susan. Paul's ready to mix in your delicious sound kitchen ingredients, your answers to the bonus question on the listener's corner. We've got Olya standing by with her happy moment, too, but first... It's time for the quiz. Way back on the 1st of July, I asked you a question about French mountain climber Sophie Laveau. At the end of June, she became the first French person to have reached the summit of all 14 of the world's peaks over 8,000 meters. As I noted then, it took her 11 years to achieve her goal of reaching the summit of those 14 mountains. You were to send in the answer to this question. What is the first mountain Sophie Laveau climbed in her 14 mountain quest? And in which year? Paul, what's the answer? Cho OU. To quote our article, Laveau's achievement comes more than 11 years after she climbed her first peak, Cho OU on the border between Tibet, China and Nepal in 2012, followed by Everest, the world's highest mountain, at 8,848 metres in 2014. In addition to the quiz question, there was the bonus question. What gift would you most like to receive on your birthday? And that was suggested by Razia Khalid. You'll hear the answers later in the Listener's Corner, so please stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... RFI English listener Sompriti Yezman Kuku from Bogura, Bangladesh. Sompriti is also the winner of this week's bonus question. She would like to receive the book, A History of World Famous and Honest People. Sampriti wrote, I would like to read this book to my children to help them construct their lives. 
In fact, I would like all children to read this book so that they have role models to show them the way to be honest and successful adults. Congratulations, Sompreti. Also on the list of winners this week is Sultan Mahmoud, the president of the Shetu RFI Listeners Club in Naugaon, Bangladesh. Hello, Sultan. Thanks again for all your encouraging letters. There's Brother Raz, Raz Franz Mankongogo, the president of the Kemojemba RFI Club in Tarame, Mara, Tanzania. Hey, Raz. Rounding out the list is RFI Listeners Club member Zenon Tellis, the president of the Christian Marxist-Leninist Maoist Association of Listening DXers in Goa, India. And last but not least, faithful Ferhat Bezazel, the president of the RFI Butterflies Club in Kachera in West Skikta, Algeria. Congratulations to this week's winners, and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. Earlier this week, RFI English journalist Melissa Shimam wrote an article for us, Cathartic Rhythms for West African Band Born in Black London. It's about the London-based jazz band Bali Maya Project, a 13-piece band that is, as Melissa wrote, a tour de force of sound fusion and energy. Here's your question. What is the name of their recently released album? Again, reread Melissa Schmann's article, Cathartic Rhythms for West African Band Born in Black London, and send in the answer to this question. What is the name of the Bali Maya Project's brand new album, released on the 21st of July? You'll find Melissa's article on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, rfienglish.com, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages. Baby brother, what's this week's bonus question? Well, big sister, it is as follows. What is your favorite article in your wardrobe? Do you have a lucky tie? Is it that spiffy jacket you treated yourself to last year? The longed-for sari? That shiny, fabulous pair of shoes? Again, the bonus question for this week is, suggested by Leslie McCulloch, what is your favourite article in your wardrobe? Remember, we're happy to hear your ideas for bonus questions, so please, please, please send them in. Baby brother, how's about you? Wardrobe. Oh, I could go on for quite a few hours on wardrobes. Favourite articles are as follows. Ones which I've inherited from my dad, from my granddad, the gifts my mummy has given to me, and the ones which my sister has bought for me. Usually cheap, the ones my sister has bought for me, but I wear them because they're usually bright colours. And um, she always used to say when I was younger, you wear such drab colours, so she'd go out and buy an, a loud orange shirt for me <laughs> for about pound fifty. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> and I still wear it, yeah. Excellent. So I think about my family, a lot of my clothes. And you, my dear? Okay. Can you hear that? That lovely ding, ding, ding is coming from my favourite thing in my wardrobe. Okay, it's jewelry, but I do keep it in the piece of furniture that is called a wardrobe. Paul noted the question was suggested by Leslie McCulloch. 
Leslie is my high school girlfriend, and I saw her this summer in California. If you look at the videos on the Sound Kitchen and the club's Facebook pages of the dolphins and the whale, it's Leslie who took them. Anyway, she asked this question at dinner one night, right after we had exchanged bracelets. She gave me one of hers. I gave her one of mine. We now call each other Bracelet Wife. Anyway, this bracelet that makes such a nice jingle, jingle, jingle is my favorite thing to wear right now. What about you? You have until the 2nd of October to get your answers to the quiz and the bonus question in. Be sure to tune in on the 7th of October to hear if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code. And don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a miss, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to english.service at rfi.fr. That's english.service at rfi.fr. You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone. Dial plus 336-3112-9682. That's plus 336-3112-9682. Always include your postal mailing address and if you have one, your RFI Club membership number. listening to the sound kitchen on radio france international and now more from and about you it's time for the listener's corner take it away my dear baby brother well thanks big sister the question you answered for this week is What gift would you most like to receive on your birthday? It was suggested by Razia Khalid. Sajad Hussain would like to receive a new pair of sunglasses and Salah Likon would like to get a pen. For Wahid Nobi, it's cologne. And for Saidul Islam, flowers. Shahanaj Parvin would like a new handbag. Oh, I'm with you, Shahanaj. A girl can never have enough purses. I fell in love with purses fairly regularly. My husband just sighs. Rebea Begum wrote that she would like a gift hamper. What is that, Rebea? A hamper? Is that a basket of sorts? And I suppose it would be filled with all manner of gifts. You're a clever one, my sister. Well, this is interesting, actually, because three men all like to receive the same gift. Coffee mugs. Rashid Duzaman, Mohammed Likon and Riaz Ahmad Khan wrote, I like to receive a beautiful and unique coffee mug on my birthday because it's a really nice gift that you can keep for a long, long time. And if you're a coffee addict, you use it a lot. And, of course, you can just look at it when you're not having coffee as well, and you can remember that person who gave it to you. So it's a win-win situation. Rajya Khatun likes books as her birthday present, and Tasneem Salah likes to receive jewellery. Does that sound familiar? 
Abu Salah too for him. It's watches that he likes. Radha Krishna Pillai wrote, The most valuable birthday gift for me is being with all of my family and celebrating with them. Father Steve is with you, Radha Krishna. He wrote, I would like to receive the gift of family and loving friends celebrating and partying with me. Jayanta Chakrabarti is of like mind, he wrote. I think God has given me enough to lead a simple life. So instead of material gifts, I would rather receive blessings from my elders and love and affection from my family and friends. Yeah, well, friend Jayanta, you can be as high-minded as you like, but your wife, Depita, needs a new phone. She wrote, I would love to get the latest Android mobile phone as the existing one is not working properly. So annoying when those things don't work well. I'm with you, Depita. Tatia Sala, you remind me of my daughter. Tatia wrote simply, electronic gadgets. My daughter is the same. If it's some kind of electronic tech thing, she's going to be happy. Oh, sneakers, too. Baby brother, are your kids like that? Yeah, they like all the latest gizmo and, um, was it, and- androids and smart, smart, smartphones. They have to be very smart and very expensive, usually. Um, so that's, but they don't get those kind of things as gifts for birthdays. They're just practical, everyday things there are a few of you with sweet twos out there is that sweet twos or sweet teeth or with a sweet tooth but whichever way it is it's stuff with sugar in it jobayada akhtar jai's favorite birthday present is ice cream and both shahanaj parvin sati and asifa riaz would like to see chocolate wrapped up for them Asifa wrote, she thinks chocolate is a very beautiful birthday gift, and I don't think many people are going to argue with you on that one. Malik Allah Bachaya Kokar is hoping he'll get a new radio. He wrote that his old radio is, as he put it, very tired. We'll close with a practical man, Nasir Mohammed. Nasir wrote, the best birthday gift is anything that can exist for years and stay in good condition. Mm. Well, no, I wonder what in the world that could be. It's certainly not me. <laughs> or me. <laughs> Remember, everyone, this week's bonus question is, what is your favorite article in your wardrobe? Well, do you have a bonus question idea? If so, send it to us at the Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at rfi.fr. That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Thanks, everyone, for participating. And a special thanks to baby brother Paul Myers for hanging out in the kitchen with us. A pleasure, as always. You're going to be away for a little while. You want to tell us what you're going to be up to? Yes, I'm going to be covering the Rugby Union World Cup, which is taking place here in France. So I'll be going to some of the venues outside Paris, such as Bordeaux, Toulouse, Nice and Marseille. Uh, because the pool stages will be going on for a month and then it goes into the knockout stages um, afterwards. So 20 teams competing for the eight places in the quarterfinals. I'll be seeing lots of teams from Namibia, New Zealand, Ireland, Wales, and even France. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. So everybody, we will keep you up to date on Paul's uh, 
findings. <laughs> Peregrinations. <laughs> voila, voila, voila. Hello, I am Aros and you are listening to The Sound Kitchen on Radio France International. And now it's time to get happy with Ms. Olya Horton. Just take a pinch of inspiration, a bunch of good vibes, a drop of creativity, and sprinkle it with sunshine. And there you have the perfect recipe for a happy moment. Hello, Sound Kitchen listeners. Olya Horton from the RFI English team. I hope you are well. This month's happy moment is about an inspiring day trip I did recently to the town of Troyes, just 140 kilometers southeast of Paris. Established in Roman times as a commercial hub, Troyes is a quaint city where you can still see medieval houses built with wide wooden beams crisscrossing the facades. They look like fairy tale gingerbread houses painted in bright colors like yellow, pink, and green. As well as being famous for its churches and its vineyards of the Champagne region, Troyes is also famous for stained glass. Did you know that this craft began as early as the 4th century? Although mostly connected to churches and religious iconography, it has been present through the ages and is used in a modern way by artists today. Have you heard the expression, looking at the world through rose-colored glasses? It means that you choose to see things in a positive way rather than a negative one. Although some people might say you're just being naive. Either way, this expression is very suited to the day I spent visiting the Cité du Vitrail, a museum dedicated to stained glass in the heart of Troyes. The museum is inside a lovely white building with a courtyard and a garden and its own chapel. The collection of stained glass is housed in the West Wing, originally a hospice built in the 12th century. Visitors get to see how stained glass is made from the first drawing of the design to the manufacture of the glass, the cutting, the shaping, the contours with lead, the delicate painting known as grisaille, and the final installation into the window frames. It takes quite a team to make this all come together. Artisans have followed the same steps for centuries. The only difference is with the modern design, much of the preparation and sometimes glass printing can be done by computer. What made me happy was being able to see the beautiful array of colors and designs up close, from royal blue to cherry red, bottle green, golden yellow, and of course pink. I could clearly see the minute detail involved in the artworks, the expressions on the faces of the people in the portraits. Afterwards, when I went back out into the town to see the examples of stained glass inside the churches, I could better appreciate the effort and the technique that went into making them. As you know by now, I love art and culture, so I'm always keen to see new things and visit new places. And it's fun to share them with others, like yourselves, so that you too can look at the world through rose-colored glasses. What about you? Do you have a happy moment to share with fellow Sound Kitchen listeners? Don't be shy. You can send them to the Sound Kitchen or get in touch through Facebook. You can leave a message on the Sound Kitchen answering machine or go ahead and record your happy moment and send it to us via email. All the addresses and phone numbers you need can be found on the Sound Kitchen page of our website, rfienglish.com. And when you record, just make sure you hide under a blanket. It makes for better sound quality. That's all from me this week. Thanks for listening. I'm Olia Horton. Enjoy your weekend. Bye for now. Thank you, Olya. You can hear Olya's happy moment on the first Saturday of every month. 
Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining me in the Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many thanks to Adrien Toro for mixing the show today, and thanks to you for listening. Be sure and tune in next week for the answer to the question about strawberries and cream at Wimbledon. Ah, too bad you won't be here to give the answer since you're the one who taught us about that. Yes, my mum had quite a few strawberries <laughs> and quite a lot of cream. Oh, God, that sounds lovely. I had no idea of that yeah, tradition. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I bet. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind, and stay in touch. And stay safe, my friends. I'll play you out with a song written and sung by one of my favorite contemporary Nigerian artists, Leori. It's called Dada. She's singing in Yoruba. I hope you like it. Talk to you all next week. Dada Lama Meluwa yo lama dey bitando Dada lama dey bitando Alafia lama mu dey bitando Ono ma shi si gogbo ibitapelo Ono ma ho si gogbo ibitabate Ashe ma shi si gogbo mutabashe ile ma yo ninu bobo Day, I love you, I love you, I love you.